Hey, this is Josh. Thanks for tuning into the show, Healers on Healing. I wanted to make this show because we can get caught in the trappings of life. Responsibilities, bills to pay, kids to feed, just all these things that take our attention. And to me, healing and being our healthiest self gets neglected. I thought it'd be interesting to ask my colleagues and other professionals what the heck this thing, health and healing, is. I hope these conversations inspire you, demystify the process, maybe reinforce what you already know, and give you new ideas on how to be the healthiest you. My guest, Rusty Gaylor, talks about aliveness and how to have a vibrant life. Rusty is a certified life coach in Silicon Valley. Tune in as Rusty talks about how to go beyond healing, stay open to possibility, and find inside-out meaning and purpose. Hi, Rusty. Hey, Josh. <laughs> Thanks for... Jumping in and doing this with me. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me, for including me. I'm uh, thrilled to be here and excited to jump in and have this conversation. I'm going to ask you something that you wrote to me in an email as we were setting this up. And it really intrigued me and I thought it would be a great place to jump off of. I'm laughing a little bit because you were beautifully honest and said you have umbrage with the title of the show (laughs) and particularly the word healing when you heard that word when you heard the title of the show something came to mind and and i hope i wasn't too bold in my email (laughs) if i think about wellness on a spectrum you start at the the one end of the spectrum which is someone who's not well and at the other end of the spectrum who's someone who's thriving and my view is healing kind of gets you to the midpoint of that And so for me, healing is about fixing what's broken. It's about recovering from an illness. It's about getting back to a steady state and evenness. I think healing is important for people, absolutely. But to think about healing without the other side of it, which is how do you go past that middle point, right, of your spectrum? If you've got a line, you you don't want to just be neutral. We want an amazing life. We want a life where we're thriving and excited and vibrant and energetic. I'm of the belief that uh, for my own life, and I think in other people too, is that's great. Let's get to the midpoint, but let's go past that. Uh, Yeah, I love the spectrum and I love that notion of, okay, yeah, we can title it healing that gets us to here, but then there's this thing that gets us to here. And I want to talk more about that side of the spectrum. Yeah. So for me, in in my experience and what I see in other people is to go from this midpoint up to this level of thriving and energy and excitement it really takes some initiative and some thoughtfulness about each per- for each person, what is it that gives you that sense of aliveness? And it can be totally different person to person, right? Which is normal and expected. We're all different people. Some people might really love cooking and, you know, it's about cooking or it's about sharing their, their food with other people. And that might be a hobby. That might be, it might it actually turn into a profession or some kind of, some kind of way to make a living for that person. 
you know, but that might be cooking for one person, but it might be volunteering as a big brother or big sister and uh, for another person, right? So it can, it can take any different shape, but part of it is about allowing ourselves the freedom to actually think about and reflect on and actually embrace what it is that we would love in our life. And for so many of us, we get to this kind of neutral place and we say, well, my life is pretty good. You know, I I don't, there's, there's not really space to add any more in my life right now. Or what I would really love to do is bake pie, but you know, who's going to eat the pie and I don't really have time to do it. And I don't want to waste the food. And and so we, we talk ourselves out of these things that we actually would love to do more of. And so to go from this place of kind of neutral up to this place of thriving, part of it is being willing to ask ourselves, what is it that we love? What we love doing? And what, what is it that would give us that sense of energy and aliveness in our life? But then the second piece is actually being willing to listen to the answers. Because so many of us shut those things off before the idea even comes to us. We say, well, I couldn't do that. Or I'd never be able to make enough money selling pie to support my family. Or whatever these stories are that we tell ourselves that prevent us from even indulging the idea. We'll never do it unless we have the idea first. So you've got to allow yourself the idea before you could even take any steps in that direction. But we, many of us don't even allow ourselves the idea. Well, I could never do that. I have too many obligations. It's not the right time. My kids are little. I don't have time. Whatever. I don't have the savings. All these reasons that we have for ourselves that block off this part of ourselves that would give us a sense of aliveness and give us that sense of energy and excitement about life. I found myself even thinking about this podcast as you were talking. I'm excited to do this podcast. I'm excited. And of course, I had all those human voices of like, you don't know how to build an audience. You don't know how to, yeah, create this thing and actually have it birth and have it find a place in this world. Like they're right. We have those voices that appear. And I really appreciate you speaking to how quickly we shut down what really would bring us alive what we really would enjoy to do, what we really would, yeah, be excited about our lives if that was part of the landscape. Yeah, it's that courage to walk towards that because we all have those voices. It's very human. It's very natural, right? It's like, well, I have never done this and yet I'm going to do it. And so I feel uncomfortable. It's a natural response for us to have that thought come up and yet to not let that stop us to recognize that that thought is just information saying, well, you've never done this before. So of course you feel nervous, right? You've never done it before. But that doesn't have to stop us and we can still move forward into doing it. And then to come back to your podcast example, you post your first one or two episodes and how does that feel? Well, it's pretty exciting, right? It's pretty life-giving to do something new. As we get older, we can forget that. You know, kids... So many things that they do are new, right? It's just like they go through their lives and a new experience after new experience and and learning new words and new concepts in school. And it's just their mind is just expanding at this phenomenal rate. But you get into adulthood and you get into routine and you get into, well, I get up at this time and I go to work and I come home and, you know, we have a routine. And in some ways that's very comforting. But in other ways, it can be it can become this uh, constraint for us. And we don't break out of that. But that's why for many of us, like I know this, I'm this way, is vacation is great. And it's not just out of the routine, but I'm doing something new. I'm going to a new place. I'm experiencing new foods and new culture and new smells and new sights and just the whole thing. And there's, it's stimulating. 
and it brings a sense of aliveness to me. And so we, but we can have that in our lives more regularly as we're moving towards and embracing the things that we really love doing. You know, so here you are a certified life coach and helping people do this. So talk to me, like, how do you help people do this? How do we get people there? How do you get people there? Yeah, I think there's two, I'm just kind of a very high level. There's two approaches to coaching or therapy or anything like that. And one is more go, go with the flow, so to speak, right? Which is like, what's going on today? And how do we work with what's going on today? And, you know, session by session, kind of working through where somebody is. That's one approach. The other approach is more programmatic or more kind of curriculum based or more goal oriented. And I'm more in the second approach because I can sit there and and talk to someone one-on-one, but we all meander. And so I follow more of a program approach. And it starts with this simple question about what is it that brings you a sense of aliveness? If you were to describe a life that you love, what would that look like? And in all aspects of life, not just your work that you're doing, but what are your relationships and family like? What are you doing with your time? How much time do you have? Are you working full-time? Are you working part-time? How much money are you making? And what is your health? And how are you, you know, how are you maintaining that? And so looking holistically across your life, what is it that you would really love? One of the ways I do that is by asking people to imagine that it's three years from now or four years from now. And Take away all of the reasons why it can't happen. And don't worry about how you get from where you are now to there. But just imagine if life were firing on all cylinders and you were lit up and you just woke up every morning giddy because you just couldn't believe that your life was so good. What would that look like for you? So that's the first question because we all have to start with some kind of goal or some kind of destination. And then the rest of the steps along the, the program that I work with is about how do you get there and recognizing the obstacles and the challenges that we face along the way, such as the, all the voices that come up. And you can tell yourself it's impossible and you can give up before you even start. And many of us would. So the question is, how do you stay in the possibility? How do you stay open to that possibility, right? Do you think... Do you think that, I don't know, take Bill Gates. I was reading an article about Bill Gates this morning, right? He's a billionaire. It's tons of money. Do you think when he started his company, he knew that he was going to have that? Of course not. Did he have a certain path of how to go from where he was to where he is today? Of course not. Did he take steps forward in the face of uncertainty, in the face of doubt, in the face of fear? Of course he did. He took risks and he moved forward. And that's what all of us can do. And yet somehow we disempower ourselves, I think, and we assume that we can't do those things. And so we don't even start. I want to go forward with you and I want to swing back for a second because I love the way I interpreted what you were saying was unlocking the dreamer. And I hear so much power just even in that. Like, wow, right. How often do we just let our dreamers dream? Dream is big. Not put any restraints on the dreamer, you know? So that to me is like, oh, right, that's a cool energy to start to play with. And then I found myself wanting to ask, and this might be part of getting into the steps, can understand the barriers to that, right? Like in my own life, I've definitely like, oh, I don't want to suddenly ruin what I am enjoying of the now. Because if I start dreaming, then I might start being like, oh, well, then this life stinks. So, like, I'm, I'm nervous about ruining what I have. I'm nervous about setting myself up for failure. I'm nervous. So, yeah, what do we do with those voices? 
And you know, I, I experienced this in my own life. I am a month away from the end of my 13 plus year career at Apple. And it's been a very stable job. Apple's been a great company to work for. It's done phenomenally well as a company over those 13 years. And to leave that job and to go venture off to be a life coach, a transformational life coach, working with people to be dreamers and to really step forward into what they want in their life. I fully relate to that idea of, you know, all these different tugs pulling me backwards. Like, is this really the right time? Are you sure you want to do this? There's so much risk and so on, right? There's tons of questions that could hold me back. I think about what motivates us to change as a person. Fundamentally, I think there's two kind of energies behind it that can motivate us. One is pain. When things get hard enough, it's, it's worse to stay still than it is to move. And then we move because it's worse to stay still. So that's when it's painful enough. But the other part of that is a pull of desire or a pull of longing for something more. That can also motivate us to change because, and you even said this, right? You said, if I dream too much, I may become dissatisfied with my current life. And that's where that pull is. If that pull is strong enough that it says, I want to move towards this thing because it gives me that sense of aliveness. I will feel excited if I do that. And I will feel vibrant and alive and energetic and all of these good things. Then it's worth some of the stumbles along the way in order to get there. One of the tricks that I've used with myself over time is to fast forward my life and imagine that I'm 70 or 80 years old looking back at my life and I will say, what was the right choice for me? And so even with this choice I described a moment ago to leave my stable corporate job at Apple and to go venture off on my own to start my own business as a transformational coach, I had some uncertainty about that decision. And I look forward to when I'm 70 or 80 years old and I look, imagine myself at that age looking back and asking, what would have been the right decision? And it is so clear to me that the right decision is to go for it, even if I fall on my face. I don't think I will, but even if I do, what will I have learned and what is the experience I've gained and the richness of that process along the way is phenomenal. I want to jump in actually right there just real quick. Okay. What does that 70-year-old know? Yeah, that is a great question. I like that. I think that 70-year-old knows that we only live once. And the 70-year-old is that much closer to the end of the journey. We assume that we have days and weeks and months and years ahead of us, decades even. But we don't know. That 70-year-old knows, grab life by the horns and ride. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> Because we only get one shot and it's the experiences and the new things that we do that bring us that sense of aliveness. To put that off or to say this isn't the right time or my kids are too young or I'm saving for this or whatever the reasons, we put that off. We don't know how long we will put that off. It might be a year, it might be 20 years until we get to this point where we lose sight of the dream or we lose our ability to dream because it's been so long. And so that 70-year-old is just tuned into the fact that life is precious and make the most of it. Tell me about aliveness, right? Because in a way, like, grab life, go for it. And I, and I see it for, for the audience who's listening. I see <laughs> the joy on your face and I see the energy and I can feel it and hopefully they feel it through your words. But, but paint the picture. Like, I also have this sense that that 70-year-old knows something about aliveness and not to, like, wait for aliveness. So I, I use that word because I think it's I think how each of us experiences aliveness can be different. I just want to be clear, you know, I give I give the bull analogy, but 
it doesn't have to be like an adrenaline junkie. And that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean bungee jumping and skydiving and you know running with the bulls and all this crazy stuff. I've never done any of that. I don't have a huge desire to do that. The sense of aliveness is really the sense that each one of us feels internally. I experience it personally as a sense of I can when I imagine myself living my full spectrum life, living where all parts of my life are amazing. When I imagine that for myself, I have this sense of gratitude. I have this sense of excitement about uh, kind of a, a vibrancy of imagine myself waking up in the morning with this real appreciation for the life that I have. I feel it physically. I feel it as like a tingling almost in my body, like this, this kind of, oh my gosh, my life is amazing and I can't believe it's so good. I think each person can experience that differently, but it's this intuitive, innate sense that this is right. And it's that sense that I'm, I try to tune into. When we talk about the dreamer, also very easy to look outside of us to get ideas. And we look outside of us, and I gave the example of Bill Gates, and it's like, well, I want to be a billionaire, right? Because being a billionaire looks like a pretty darn good life. But that may not be what's right for me. It's this question of what actually gives me that sense of aliveness. Yeah, I really appreciate that language of like, what's right for me. Reflecting on my own life and my own aliveness. For me, aliveness is the way I was thinking how I experience it. It's like my day's just a little brighter. Like it's almost like I have these glasses that suddenly everything's just kind of amplified a little brighter. Oh, right. This is the vibration I'm looking to exist in. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I like the word, the fact that you use the word vibration. I'm always a little like, some people think that's a little woo-woo. But it is, it's maybe another way to say that is our mindset or our kind of steady state outlook on the world. But when our vibration or our outlook on the world has that more positive tint to it, when we have that sense of aliveness, the, the good things in life seem better. We have more appreciation for them. And the challenges in life seem less troubling. I was having a conversation with, uh, with someone recently, and he was describing some difficulty, a difficult situation he was in in his life. And I just had this image that came to mind of like wading through the mud, right? And it's like, it's hard to wade through mud, sticky and thick and messy. And it's like, you can't go very fast. And so I just had this image of like trudging through, trying to get through this mud pit and out the other side. And at the same time, I could see in this person the part of him that was floating above the mud pit, that, that had this different vibration or this different outlook on life that's like, you don't necessarily have to be in the mud. But most of us end up in the mud. Of course we do, right? That's, again, it's human. <laughs> we all do. But the question is, how can we adjust our mindset? Can we bring a sense of aliveness or a different perspective on the world that allows us to recognize that there's a mud pit down there, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in it. And I'm going to be okay recognizing that there is trouble in my life, but I don't necessarily have to swim in it. I can observe it and I can recognize that it adds challenge to my life, but I don't have to let it drag me down. Besides living the life that's perfect for me, which is a beautiful gift, I also find I'm more hopeful. I'm more connected to people. I'm more loving. I'm more able to hold the troubles of the world. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure. Maybe you'll have better language than I have right now, but it's like not just is there this gift for me, but I do believe there's like this gift now 
also for the world and in a way I'm connected to the world and the way I'm connected to people, like, like a rock in the water. And I see you shaking your head, so t- yeah, give, yeah. give me your language for what I'm sort of sensing in this. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, tell me about these other factors of beauty that comes out of this, I guess yeah. that's the way I would ask it. The word that comes to mind for me is abundance. Because when we are living a life that we are excited about, that gives us that sense of aliveness, that where we are viewing the world from this place of goodness and uh, appreciation and gratitude, when we have that outlook on the world, you can also say we're living from a place of abundance. And abundance not just in a financial sense, but abundance in a very holistic way. And people who have abundance are generous. People who have abundance share that with the people around them. Whatever they're abundant in, they're willing to share that. As you talk about this connection with other people, I believe it comes from this sense of abundance that I have a rich life. I have the time in my life to invest with people and I have gratitude and positive energy to share with people and I have appreciation for my work. And I can, and so all of that stuff permeates, as you said, into all of our relationships and all of our interactions with the people around us. We're not only doing it for ourselves, but I think it also is, as you said, the rock in the pond and the ripples spread out to all of those people around us and it's a gift for those around us. My personal experience with that is over the years working at Apple for a long time, I've seen other people leave to go do interesting things. And one person in particular comes to mind who left to go study acupuncture and uh, Eastern medicine. This person was like me as a person who was kind of a numbers person and a systems person, right? So this is like a sharp left turn from you know the quantitative kind of analytical work that we were doing at Apple to go do something that was that's much more intuitive and much more energy-based. And I was so inspired by that. And I've thought about that person on a number of occasions. And now I'm doing the same thing. And in the same way this other person was inspiring to me, now I get to be inspiring to other people. And it's not even that it's it's work to share it, right? It becomes easy because this is how I'm living my life. And so my outlook on life shifts and I'm able to bring that to all my interactions. What I really appreciate about this, and tell me if I'm hearing this correctly, I personally see all these examples of people with quote-unquote abundance. And what I mean by that is fame, riches, prestige, but they look miserable. And often I see them do something with that abundance that is build walls around it. But I think it comes from, it's because they're not alive. They decided, well, I'm going to just become X and make a lot of money and that will give me aliveness. That will give me, but no, 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 it doesn't. The abundance we're talking about from aliveness is a very different sense of abundance than maybe sort of the capitalistic view of abundance. I'll go back to what I, this phrase I used earlier, which is outside in versus inside out. And so many of us, when we think about abundance or we think about what kind of life would I love, we look outside of ourselves to define that. And we look to these celebrities, right? Who make a lot of money or they're famous or they're, you know, skinny or whatever it is. But we look to them to say, what kind of life do I want? We all have a mobile phone and it's with us all the time. And many of us, when we're bored or feeling awkward, what do we do? We pick up our phone and then we're looking at these images of people who are quote unquote abundant, as you said, 
And it just reinforces this message that that's in some way how we should be. I do think one of the challenges for us is to really tune into ourselves, go more inside out, right? What is it inside of me that wants to express in this world? And I totally, again, find myself self-reflecting as you're talking. And I even know for me, there was, in some ways, it was trial and error. I've come to now fully understand I'm here to be a healer in this world. But I tried being a healer as a teacher. I tried being a healer as a camp director. I tried being... And while I was in those roles, I always knew something's off here. And then I finally found therapists. And finally, it was like an exhale. And I love, the, I love your story because the other, I think the other thing where people get tripped up, and I've been tripped up on this before, is the assumption that there's one right answer. People used to ask me when I was thinking about jobs, what are you passionate about? And I always hated that question. <laughs> it's like, I don't have one thing that I'm passionate about. You're asking me as if there's one right answer. And I don't know what the one right answer is. And I love your story because it opens up the fact that most people don't have one right answer. You took some steps, right? And you explored and you learned. You didn't know, but you didn't stand still and just stew in that not knowing. You took some steps forward and you learned along the way. A byproduct I have found for myself, and I, again, I, I, I find myself keep using myself to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, but, you know, I think that there's a learning of, of courage here, but there's also a learning of Confidence isn't the best word, but like a, a belief in, I, in self. I have a word for you. Okay. It's faith. I know, especially in the Bay Area, a lot of people are hesitant about faith or religion and skeptical about that. And for me, it's not about religion. It's not about any kind of dogma or any kind of practice or any of that. But it's a fundamental faith that as humans, we are connected to this world, to this earth that we live on to a life energy. There is life all around us in nature and in the fellow beings and the animals that inhabit this earth. And we are a part of that. And there is a faith that is, is involved in this, which is if I imagine something, have the faith that it's possible. Do I also have faith that that whispers that telling me to do it this way, even though this way may be different than that way, or that, you know, like, again, I'll, I'll use the specifics with the podcast. I can start Googling how to make a podcast successful. And there's create social media this, create social media that, and blitz it this way, and do this way. This. And for me, that really hasn't been the way I want to do this. To me, that starts to become not fun. To me, that starts to rob me of my aliveness. And I've had to really honor, trust, have faith in that voice that's telling me, no, you can build this a different way. Absolutely. It is about listening to that internal voice of ourselves. In my experience, we can judge that voice as selfish or uninformed, put some kind of judgment on it as if it's just my idea and therefore it's bad. And I want to expand this notion of faith to encompass the possibility that that's an inspired idea, right? That that idea that comes to you when you are quiet, when you're in that grounded place and you're connected with the best of you, that that could be an inspired idea and it could come from something greater than you. It's the same thing that would happen when you're walking out the door and you're like, uh, maybe I'll grab my umbrella today. 
doesn't look like it's going to rain, and I didn't watch the weather forecast, so I have no idea, but I'm going to take it with me. And it turns out it rains that day. People have experienced it in little ways. You've heard stories all over the place, right? Like people avoiding accidents or people saying, I took a different way home today, and on the main way home there was this terrible accident, right? But like, why did I take a different way home? I have no idea. I just did. Those kind of stories in some way are commonplace and accepted. But when it comes to being creative and getting your ideas out in the world and move forward in the world, somehow we judge that voice inside of us. And so there's definitely this notion of tuning into that and allowing it and valuing it. And not just valuing it as your own idea, but as an inspired thought connected to the, the possibilities that are out there in the world. Can you share a little more of your like personal story through all of this? You know, you've given us bits and pieces, but yeah. yeah, can you share kind of a personal tale that encompasses all that we're talking about here? And So my own personal journey, I talked earlier about kind of being pushed by pain and then being pulled by something greater. And, and I've experienced both and the both have been a part of me getting to where I am today. So the, the push by pain part came through uh, a difficult marriage and a difficult divorce where I was uh, kind of pushed forward into doing a lot of therapy and really exploring myself and what I would say is a lot of healing in that process. I was coming from a place where I was very insecure and very, what's the word I say? I guess damaged is the word that comes to mind. Just really not feeling at all good about myself and so I was coming with a lot of doubt and uncertainty and so I was coming from that place and so there was a decent amount of healing that I had to do just to kind of get back to level. And then I was back to level and I said, well, my life is fine, but it still feels like there's more, like I want more. And I knew in my work that I was, I enjoyed my work, but I also knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Opportunity for me came in sitting in a, in a, in a talk and hearing somebody ask me, what is it that you would love? And it's, it's that same question that I start with. And not just the question, but also the instruction to really let go of all of the constraints and all of the reasons why it can't happen. And it's just, don't worry about all that stuff. Just for a minute, daydream, imagine, be the dreamer. For me, it, I just, I got to this kernel of, I want to work with people who are striving in their life. And so at that point, I was also connecting with this energy of healing because that's what I had known and that's the journey I'd been on. And it's still a very powerful journey and something I very much value in my own experience and support others in doing. And I was also, this was also the first kernel of this exposing me to this idea of, you know, healing kind of got me so far, but then how do I move from where I was into this place of, I have a great life and I love all of these different parts of my life. And so it was in that question about exploring what it was that I would love that I explored it for myself and also came to realize that I wanted to practice, learn this and practice it and apply it with other people. It's a very positive, uplifting work. And it starts for a lot of people in a place of pain. And I understand that. I've been in my own place of pain and I get how difficult and uncomfortable that is. And I'm fully willing to, and ready to meet people in that place. And I've come to believe you don't have to stay there. No one has to stay there. And I didn't stay there. And so to be able to grow out of that and actually grow not just to neutral, like I'm fine, but to grow past fine and move into a, a vibrant kind of aliveness 
that's what excites me. And I'll say the one last piece of that, which is it also brings in a spiritual element, uh, which is we were talking earlier about faith. And I'm a spiritual person. And I believe that there is, uh, there is meaning here and there is a power greater than me at work in this world. And I think it's that, you know, when I talked about that inspired voice that sometimes talks, talks to us, that gives us ideas about how do we move forward and having the courage to listen to that. Like my action is to be open to that voice of inspiration and to have the courage to be willing to act on it. There is a greater purpose and a greater energy and a greater good and a greater love in this world. And if I can connect with that and tune into it and act from that and have the courage to act from it, because it can be challenging, then I am being my best self and I believe making the world a better place. I mean, to me, that seems like such a wonderful place to end and such a wonderful energy. I don't have any more questions, but I give you the floor if there's anything else you feel you would like to add into this conversation. I, I just want to add some gratitude to you, Josh, for doing this podcast, following your own call to do something more, and doing it in your way, listening to that inspired voice. So I think that for me, that's a model of what exactly the kind of thing we're talking about. And I appreciate putting out that perspective and that energy and that viewpoint into the world. I, you know, in some ways, the healing arts and this, you know, all of the things we're talking about can get a negative, a negative perspective from a lot of people in the world. These are not negative things. This is about being the best person you can and living an amazing life and a rich life. And I want that for everybody. And I know you want that for everybody. And so I just value and appreciate your contribution to that and sharing this, this perspective with the world. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I cannot tell you how well-timed this interview is in my own process <laughs> with having just put this out, you know, a month and a half ago and feeling all those pulls that we're talking about and remembering, I mean, you just, this timed really well. I am working really hard to remember to let myself dream and not fall into the traps of there's shoulds here, there's absolute ways that work, but to really let my dreamer create this thing and so i really this was like so well timed i yeah. cannot tell you how well timed this interview was good um, so i really appreciate tapping into the energy and everything yeah uh, you shared and and thank you very much for mm. your kind words and appreciation yeah and you're doing it too so i'm excited to see what what transforms for you and I, just one last thought that came to me as you were sharing that this is hard stuff to do alone be a dreamer and hold on to that dream and to take the action steps and to, to know how to navigate this this path. It's, it's very difficult to do alone. And some way there's going to be a stigma against getting help. For anyone who's listening out there, I just encourage you to be open to the idea of getting help. Um, I've gotten a lot of help in my life. And when you think about even professional athletes have coaches. And so I just encourage anybody listening who's inspired by all of the ideas you've heard on this podcast, whether it's this episode or another one, right? To, to just, you know, trust yourself if you feel inspired and take some action on that because that's for you. That's an investment in yourself and in your own life. That can only be a good thing. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to plug you. So Rusty's available to help you. Is there a website that 
people can go to. Yes, Silicon Valley Dream Builders, and it's SV Dream Builders is their website. Well, thank you, and, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Josh. That was great. Thank you, Rusty Gaylord, for sharing your wisdom with us. And a shout out to my best bud, Justin Reed, for the music you hear in each episode. If you want to reach out to either of these individuals, there are links in the show notes, so check those out. And of course, thank you to you, the listener, for joining us. If you're digging these conversations, please help us spread the word by telling people directly or through social media about this podcast. Tune in again in two weeks for another great episode.